Welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, business, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. Today we have a roundtable discussion that Rebecca recorded with Una Ford and Randall Exxon about the Ballin Glen experience and thoughts on teaching workshops. Without further ado, here's Rebecca Kroll. Hi, welcome to the Messy Studio Ireland edition. This is Rebecca Kroll, and today I'm talking from Ballangallan Arts Foundation in County Mayo, Ireland. And I have two guests today. Um, We have Una Ford, who's the director of Ballangallan, and we have Randall Exxon, who's one of the artists in residence and has a long association with um, the foundation. And um, today we're going to talk a little bit about Ballangallan, as well as some of the workshop things that go on here and uh, what what residencies are like and so on. So um, I think I'd, uh, I'd like to start with Una and maybe you could just give us an introduction to what Ballon is and why would someone come here? Hi, Rebecca. Um, Ballon Glen was founded in 1992 by two Americans, Margot Dolan and Peter Maxwell. It was initially set up as an artist in residency program. Uh, that this we run to, to this day um, all year round with four or five artists in residence. We have a bu- beautiful studio for each artist um, that's awarded a fellowship and they're each given a three bedroom house where they can have family and friends come visit. We then have a printmaking workshop so it's open to all the various disciplines. Um, Ballantlen is actually a very unique and exciting place. It's in a little tiny village on the uh, west coast of Ireland, right beside the sea. Uh, it's a very different pace of life and the artists that are come he- that come here respond immediately to this environment. Um, as Rebecca said, we also run educational programs and we run workshops for paying artists. So it, it's a broad scope of people that we have coming here. That is true. There's been so many different uh, artists that I've met over the... I've been coming here for five years, and it's just been really interesting the different approaches people have, different countries that they're from, and it's it's very um, mind-opening for the artists that come in residence. And um, Randall, why don't you tell us a little bit about where you're from? And I know you have a very long association with the Foundation. Yes, well, uh, thank you for having me here today. I'm from the Philadelphia area. I've taught at Swarthmore College, just outside of Philadelphia, for over 30 years now. And I applied for a fellowship back in 1997. And I was fortunate enough to have been awarded one. And I've returned every year since. Really? So that's um, a long time. And I have uh, leave years or sabbaticals from Swarthmore. And since that time, I've spent... I've spent those extra months here at the foundation as well. So it's been, it's been a very, a wonderful place uh, for my work and very inspiring uh, for my work. Primarily I work on, I, I'm a landscape painter, but uh, it's really more, I think the light and uh, the architecture of the landscape here that really appealed to me from the, from the beginning. Um, It's very spare and, um, it's agricultural, so that agrarian kind of uh, structure to the landscape appealed to me. Uh, that very human kind of element is always there. It's not so much a wilderness as it is uh, a place that's been um, 
designed by human beings, uh, altered by human beings For over, a very over millennia. Long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the oldest um, evidence of people living here is almost six thousand years ago. So, yeah. it is just really interesting. That, mind mind boggling, and and uh, and you do feel. I think uh, a friend of mine used to say he he uh, he loved this place because it still had ghosts. And I guess I felt that as well, that, that there was a kind of sense of history here. Everywhere you stepped, everywhere yeah. everywhere you looked, there was history, human history, mm -hmm. as well as natural history associated with it. Right, and, yeah. and for those of us from the United States, the, the, uh, the history here is so far back compared to most of what we're aware of in our surroundings at home. And so... There's many old buildings, old fences, and old abbeys and things like that. That <laughs> it's just yeah. a, a wonderful environment. And so, um, Randall, you have taught workshops here in a plein air painting or landscape painting for a number of years, right? Yes. Well, um, I I co-teach it with a friend of mine who's a plein air painter, and I'm not really a plein air painter, but um, the workshop is. It gets a little bit bigger than that, where we, this is a hard place to work plein air because you never know what the weather, it's always changing. Right. And um, and I learned that right away when I came here. So we try to talk to our students about, when we have the opportunity to work outside, we do, but what other approaches might there be for collecting information, getting ideas for compositions, working from drawings and then building in, them into paintings when you go into the studio. So there's that conceptual part of it that we think is important as well. Um, so there's, and there's also a strong design uh, fundamental. And you're, you're working with college students from Swarthmore. Well, so the class we offer, it's called a master class, and I prefer, I, I was uncomfortable with that term, but I think if we think about it from the point of view that there are a number of artists taking part in this, and we were talking about this the other day, yeah, uh, that we're all going to consider each other as masters here and, and all learn something new from it. Uh, but most of the students in this class, it's, it's, it's no more, we have a limit of 12 people. Mm. And, um, and I've been bringing over three to four undergraduates each year. So the rest of the people are older and have been at it, most of them, for some time oh, I see. Hmm. In the, with their own work. And that's been great for the younger students to sort of see... Mm -hmm. uh, and work alongside these, right. these older artists. But the the best part for them is they get to stay an extra four weeks in residence mm. uh, where there is no instruction. They're just expected to do their own work. I'm in my studio working, and the other fellowship artists who were here at the time are also working in their studios. But there is time for them to socialize with these older professional yeah. artists. It's a, very, it's a very rich environment, even when I teach... Uh, only for a week, usually the people that come to my workshops uh, get to meet the artists in residence. And I also, you know, I like in my classes too that there's a combination of usually people that are more experienced. My, my classes are about oil and cold wax. There are usually several people in the class that are more experienced uh, that just want to come back. And uh, there's some that are beginning. And it's just a it's really a stimulating, rich environment. Um, and Una, maybe you could tell us about some of the other workshops that are held here or have been held. 
we have a website balandlenworkshops.com so the whole uh, selection or workshops that we provide are available on that but we go from cold wax rebecca's which are very popular to the masterclass with randall exon and jeffrey reed which is also very popular i think both of them are sold out completely i, for I next noticed that year. yes <laughs> so we'd be just taking waiting lists and then we have um like printmaking we have drawing we have watercolor there's just such a selection of workshops and i think it's important to emphasize that they're Ball and Len is like a little family in a way, I think. And, and that's the intimate nature of being in a small place, having 10 or 12 artists working together, the camaraderie, the relationships you develop, the people you get to know. It Even worldwide is such a small world in its own way. Mm-hmm. And on the workshops, as both of you can say, um, you know, we provide, collect people at the train or bus station. We uh, provide accommodation. We provide food. Uh, we provide workspace. So everything really is taken care of that all you have to do for the week is concentrate on your work. It, it really is an amazing thing that, yeah, even the food, everything is just... Even when the artists arrive at their cottages, they have, you know, they have some coffee and they have some other food things in the cottage and usually flowers or something. (laughs) I mean, I think people just feel very welcome when they come here. And even groups of people that have, do not know each other at all, usually within a few days, it's, um, it's even before that, sometimes the very first night, people are starting to become uh, very open with each other. That's... One of the things I notice here, maybe even more than other workshops that I've taught, because everyone is here together. Yes. They don't they don't leave at night and go to their own homes or to their own hotels. They're pretty much together. <laughs> and everybody has their bottle of wine with dinner. Yeah, yeah. And so it becomes very social as well. And yeah, it does. Like Ball and Len was set up to support art and artists. And that is what we do. And we try to do it the best way we can. And that is why to have this whole week of immersion in art. I mean, we're sitting here in the library in Ball and Len, surrounded by art books. Yes. We've 630 works in our collection, all by artists throughout the world. It's such a unique place. It really is. I mean, the yeah, we are sitting in the Ball and Glen library and the walls are lined with art books. It's an amazing, uh, wonderful collection. There's an entire set of shelves of catalogs uh, or monographs from the fellows that have been here and lots of other huge range of art books within this library is always open so people can come in and do a little research do a little searching around for inspiration it's it's fabulous and um, in the next future however many years ahead <laughs> we, we have on the table in front of us the um, the, the uh, architectural plans for a, a beautiful new addition to Bell and Glen and that is um, it's a dream come true isn't it Una? It's totally a dream come true and uh, Randall Exxon has worked tirelessly on these designs and plans I have been working it's been my dream Margot Dolan and Peter Maxwell are founding director's dream and it actually is just coming to fruition so right. I mean we're hoping a year and a half this uh, contemporary museum this museum of contemporary art in Ballycastle the small little place will be it's available amazing. open to the public <laughs> uh, probably 700 works of art at that stage uh, and it was, uh, what was it, about two weeks ago that the news came through that she'd received the funding of 200,000 euros right. from the Irish government. Yes. And um, there was huge celebration. There, was, right. I walked in the door and there was cheering going on. And 
People were very <laughs> excited that this had finally come true. And the great thing was this was under a rural, rural town and village regeneration mm. program. Yeah. And they, you know, they, the government and the local councillors saw the benefit of using art and, you know, supporting an organisation like Balland Lane to develop an area, which I'm very proud of being from Ballycastle myself. I think right. it's great that this is what is supporting. Randall, I want you to talk yeah. about the plans because you've put so much work into those of Marvel. Well, um it's it's a four four thousand square foot, uh, just under four thousand square foot uh, venue. It has two large galleries that will be devoted to the permanent collection, plus space for archive archival purposes, flat files, racks, and other things. Some office space, a small kitchen, and a, and a wonderful gathering space that will have a conservatory that looks out over the Atlantic. Mm. Um, and I think the views from there are spectacular. Um, so I think it'll be a very welcoming place as well. Unlike a lot of museums, I think it's fairly modest and it's not showy at all. In fact, the facade, um, matches the, 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 the vernacular facades that are on the street side. Mm -hmm. On the back, it'll be very contemporary in look, but, um, just like the center, I think it's, it was, it's meant to be part of this place, to fit into this place and not to stand. Mm -hmm above it or outside of it, or, but to be part of it. Um, and it really is the culmination, I would say, of, of the founder's original vision. Um, it's the physical embodiment of that vision. I, I think their idea was pretty simple. They fell in love with this area when they saw it. And how long ago was that? Randall? That was 30, 30 35 years yeah. ago. Okay. They started coming over here. On their own, they'd been to places like Cork and the and Ring of Kerry. They're from the Philadelphia area. Sadly, uh, they were a married couple. Uh, Peter Maxwell, uh, one of the founding members, pa passed away uh, just over a year ago now. Mm -hmm. But um, Margot Dolan is still very much active. But they had this idea that uh, we would like to spend more time here. What are we going to do? Well, their expertise was in art. They, mm -hmm. they had galleries in Philadelphia and New York. So they decided to set up uh, you know, cr a crazy idea that they'd set up this fellowship program. <laughs> and they were able to secure these properties within about five years or so. They had built this wonderful facility at the Bowling Glen for the fellowship artists. All with the idea that if they, if you bring artists to this area, they will fall in love with it in the same way Peter and Margot did. And that they, they would be right. encouraged to return. <laughs> the social benefit, I think, is really crucial in that at that time, and even to this day, this area of Ireland is pretty much off the beaten track for tourism. Mm -hmm. And um, this was a way of bringing, as Margot said to me one time, a, a low-impact form of tourism to oh. the area. That artists, yeah. generally speaking, were low-impact. Right. They, they would. We don't require big hotels or yeah, jet golf, skis golf or anything. courses or <laughs> swimming pools or anything. We just need a place to work. Right. And yet, uh, like last year, I think you said, Una, that the foundation uh, tracked and was responsible for bringing over 4,000 people into this very small oh, community. Staying a night. Staying a, like a night or nice. more. Yeah. 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 So, Shopping at the grocery stores. And, that's yeah. all the artists who are here, yeah. the the uh, students who come for the workshops, and all the families and friends of those artists. So mm -hmm. it's it, it's really kind of 
amazing what it has meant economically to this area. And a good example, you know, back home politicians like to think if if the if the economy is strong, then it'll help things like the arts, and we have to create a strong economy in order to help the arts. But in fact, I think history has shown that if if the arts the arts can help economies. Ah, yeah, this is and a very think, good example. I of think that, this is sure. a perfect example of yeah. it. Yeah, um, and I've noticed too when. When there's an event here, like there's Culture Night once a year, mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> which happens all across the country, but, you know, this place was hopping on Culture Night. Like, people <laughs> come here. <laughs> and, and your and, opening, your exhibition in yes, the gallery. Yes, yes, I had an opening of my show. It was well attended. And so it's not just people coming here either from surrounding well, cities but also thing, local people but the funny thing was that a group from wisconsin came in yesterday yes. home place. <laughs> that it was, was so interesting, interesting yeah. in this small little village that yes yeah. that was interesting and so even though in many ways this is a fairly remote place it it already is on the cultural map and i think this new edition is really going to make a an amazing impact. Um, and I should say, too, I don't think anyone mentioned that the reason there is a large permanent collection is that all of the, each of the fellows, when they come for their first fellowship, donate a, a work of art. So that has been over the years, many people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And most of these now are not uh, accessible, really. They're sort of stored away or piled around. And so this is going to be a way to see things that have been going on here for years. And I, I'm i excited. I hope that uh, uh, within a few years when I come back, I'll be able to really, uh, this will be a reality. And it's, it's just exciting. I think exciting. it will. I think yeah, we're I, all committed to be. <clears throat> I, I just also want to mention about the isolation I see that artists experience working on their own. Mm -hmm. And that something like, places like Balland Glen, where you work side by side with other artists, see the hours they put in, see the work practice. It just, you know, it's, it's just, huge. It, yeah, yeah, it's amazing that they yeah. feel it because they, they, there is an isolation involved in the, the oh, whole. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There really well, is. I, I, mean, I think, too, there is a, um, there's an opportunity to meet people from so many different parts of the world. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have friends all over Europe now. There's no other institution I know of that would allow me access to a community of people yeah. like as international as this group has been. That's true. And um, so I, I think we forget about that sometimes when we're here, We, t but it's such a, a I know for me professionally, it's, mm -hmm. it's just made a world of difference. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and without even thinking about it, it's all so natural. It's, I've never been on a cruise, but I think it must be a little like being on a cruise because you're here, you're here for six Cruising weeks or eight weeks, and, and you meet people. And you know when you're when there is nothing to distract you, when it's just your art, mm -hmm. and you have time in the evenings to to talk to people, mm -hmm. maybe over lunch. Um, you might go up to the pub and have a pint with with somebody that you just met, and that's how friendships. And the, there's yeah. that. That universal language of art, I think, uh, yeah, it I love pulls that. people together, and it doesn't. Yeah. It crosses all kinds of boundaries. It really and, does, including you know, age, hokey, nationality. Really does, I mean, you know, and I've I'm in my sixties, but I've connected really well with some younger artists here, and it's just delightful, you know, that it's um, 
It's just its own little bubble, I say. <laughs> yeah, but I a think the beauty bubble. of our bubble is the quality, the people we get here. And like here mm-hmm. I am sitting with uh, Rebecca Crowell and Randall Exon who were at the top of their game and just people I admire their work so oh, much. Thank so you. it's just, um, you know, it is, it's, it is. And, and maybe, I mean, I guess it would be good to mention that the workshops that are held here, the instructors are either people that have had fellowships or come highly recommended. Is that right? Really people that have fellowships. Yeah. The, the people, the, the workshops we promote. There are some universities that come with groups separate oh, outside. But really the workshops we promote are, are fellows. And I think that's unique, right? Yeah. I mean, that they've already, the people that come here on fellowship have already been through a process Selection of being process. selected. Mm-hmm. And so um, that is... Pretty we're much not guaranteeing Sunday a, painters. We're right, people, right. <laughs> you know, it's it's anybody that comes through these doors on our workshops. I mean, I, I think we're mm-hmm. all amazed at the quality of the artists that are coming through in the workshops. Mm-hmm. They're people serious about their work. They they're, are, yeah. It's, they well, come here for the week or two weeks on your course. It's just yeah, amazing. It's, it's, it's amazing to me because there are quite a few people who come here and they get to work right away. Mm-hmm. And you realize, okay, well, they're paying for this. They've been waiting for this mm-hmm. a long time. Yeah, it's but but it doesn't bother. Big. It can be a beautiful day outside in the Irish <laughs> landscape, and they don't mind being in the studio because mm-hmm. that's why they came here. And there's still time to get out in the landscape and it's enjoy. A, it's a. I am so impressed by the commitment people make to come here, to spend the time to to fly here. Usually from other countries, we you know we, there are Irish people that come as well. Um, yeah, but, you had somebody from Australia and um, quite yeah, a lot. I have, yeah, yeah, yeah. the distance. <clears throat> I've had many people from different parts of Europe, mm-hmm. and it's um, you know, I I totally recognize what a commitment it is, and you know, there's sort of a truism in art that we need to take risks, and I think for the artists who come to the workshops, just coming is a risk, you know, just mm-hmm. investing that that time and that financial stuff to come and not to mention the returning people people that have been on three i mean people on your workshop some of them i do have a number of returning people uh so i've had the same it's yeah yeah. i mean the the reality is and i realized this once we got started with the workshops is the mission was originally to bring artists to this part of the world with the belief that they would fall in love with it that it was such a beautiful place that why wouldn't they and now that's just expanded out into these, this community of students who mm-hmm. come through here in the workshops. And the same, it has the same effect on them. So. Well, and even some, some, some of the people that have come as students have uh, gotten fellowships. Yeah, you know, And so they, they, I mean... But it's like this year we had a, an artist, 83, come on a fellowship and she just... Really? Amazed, yeah. Oh. Absolutely amazed mm-hmm. us all. Her husband came with her. He didn't take the workshop. But oh, he accompanied nice. her. Yeah. But they and I just got an email the other day that she'd been selected for a print show. It was a printmaking workshop in New York. Oh, nice. And just the, yeah. you know, to know you've yeah. any little part. Yeah. I mean, that's what about the arts? It, it's it's applied by everybody involved in the creativity and the producing of work and where it goes and the stories. It's all mm-hmm. the mystery of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's all happening here. <laughs> <laughs> and lots of other places. Too, sure. And but lots of other places. Is, yeah. But this is a kind of a, a microcosm of all the best aspects of artists coming together, I feel. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been here five times. I keep coming back. Um, 
coming in the spring in 2018 and then I think, oh, it might, you know, will it be more than a year before I come back again if I do like the autumn here? So <laughs> I might have to wait a year and a half to come back. And it's, <laughs> will, I, will I be able to stand it? Because it really becomes part of your life. You know, you if you're here for several weeks or six weeks, usually for me, and much longer for Randall, uh, you feel like, well, you live your life here for a while. You you are part of things. And um, as the... funny because we had this conversation yesterday evening. Mm -hmm. I said to Randall, I'm still amazed that people like want to be here so much. Yeah. Because to me, it's home. It's normally yeah, yeah. living life. It's, you know. <laughs> and Randall was saying, yeah, I'm looking forward to going home. But I'll, about a week or two, I'll start thinking about the cottage and about the yeah, yeah. about the peat fire and about the people and the uh, routine yeah. and the I simplicity. I I I love where we live and uh, and I I I appreciate the opportunities that I've had back home, but you know it boils down to this for me, and this sounds a little hokey, I suppose, but every time I come back here now, and I know a lot of local people. I'll come into town, and the first thing they say to me is, you're welcome home. Yeah, oh, that's And you've sweet. gotten this, too, probably. Yeah, well, and you're once very they welcome back. Yeah. yeah, and once they recognize you, uh, they always make you feel at home again. They absolutely and do. I, but I know when I get on the flight in a week and I go back to Philadelphia, and the first thing I'll have to do is go to the grocery store to buy some groceries. <laughs> and you'll have culture shock. And there's nobody <laughs> at that grocery store who's going to welcome me home. <laughs> and you'll be... Uh, totally overwhelmed by the rows and rows of every product and yeah, you know yeah. i think life here is is much more simple you know we it's small town life yeah, we shop at small village, stores we life. get by with very little Plans. actually and it's good yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's it lovely, is a very nice respite from uh, kind of the rest of life in a way but it, things do have a way of slowing up and we don't have a television here I'm not on the internet that much, right? Um, very little, in fact, and it's all of that is kind of kept at a minimum. So it's all about the work mm -hmm. and some degree of social life that you have mm -hmm. with the other artists, and of course yeah. Chris and Una here, and uh, so it's it's fantastic that yeah. way. It's, I, it's hard to understand why I can't make that work for me. I know, States, I know, but it's very you hard. You get back and right away you're on Facebook all the time or something, but yeah. I noticed. Um, a number, uh, several people were talking in my workshop that just ended that um, that they really were spending so much less time on the computer. And, you know, there isn't Wi-Fi where we stay in the cottages, only here at the foundation. And there's so much else going on that, you know, you don't spend a lot of time at it. And it is, um, you know, everyone was kind of saying, well, it's kind of a relief to just uh, have an be excuse. offline. <laughs> have an excuse not to be. Right, right, right. So, yeah, it is. Um, it's a very special place, and um, I think um, if anyone is interested in experiencing this for themselves, uh, taking one of the workshops is really, really a good way to experience this place and. Um, also learn a lot and and meet people from around the world. I think most of the classes do have uh, an international component where, you know, within any one class, there's people from a number of different countries. So, um, so uh, Una, again, the website for the workshops? Ballandlen, B-A-L-L-I-N-G-L-E-N, workshops.com.
Right, and and there there's a full listing for 2018 yes. on there. Yes. And you can register now, right? You can register now or just email me with any questions. Um, I'm always on. Right, and that contact info is on the website? It's, it's all on the website, yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to thank you both for this interesting conversation about Bell and Glenn and the workshops and the residencies and this special place on Earth. Thank you. Thank you. All right, that's it. Goodbye. Okay. <laughs> that wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. You can find Rebecca Kroll on Facebook. Make sure to check out www.coldwaxbook.com and www.rebeccacroll.com and sign up for the email lists to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week. Until then, embrace your own creative space, messy or otherwise. Thank you. Thank you.